Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. June 6th, the 75th anniversary of D-Day. And I'm one of the firm, I'm of the belief anyway, uh, um, that actions speak louder than words. And today, of course, uh, we honor our Canadian soldiers, both here and abroad, as we mark the anniversary storming of the beaches of Normandy. And we always commit that we will never forget. You know, we thank our vets for the service. And yet our inaction here at home, when it comes to our vets, tells me that our talk is very cheap. There's a new report uh, that tells us three to 5,000 Canadian vets are homeless. They put on their uniform, they put their lives on the line, and then when they come home, the vets we honor and thank are then left behind, including a 56-year-old woman who served our country for eight years and now lives in her car in Ottawa. I think to me, living is getting up in the morning, go to work, and uh, have friends, you know, have a life, have a place to stay. Now I'm not living, you know, I think it's the opposite. Sometimes I feel I'm dying. What a disgrace. What a disgrace. That is 56-year-old Diane Claveau. She's got nowhere to live, lives in her car. Suzanne Lee is the executive director of Multi-Faith Housing Initiative. She joins us now. Good to have you, Suzanne. You know, on a, on a day like today when we're paying honor and tribute to those who put uh, everything on the line for us, it's, it's almost impossible to think that Canadian soldiers who serve this country are, are like that woman you heard from, that they're living on our streets. And yet there they are. How does this happen? Like, how did the, we tell them we won't forget? We tell them that we'll take care of them. Why aren't we? I mean, I know the Veterans Affairs is a mess, but why are they ending up on the streets? Well, there's, there's a complicated answer and a simple answer to that. The simple answer is they're on the street because we, as their country, have failed them collectively. Um, a more complicated answer is that there are issues that occur around um, mental health. There's issues that occur around PTSD. There's issues that occur um, in a breakdown when they transition from the military uh, kind of communal approach to life to the civilian individualistic approach. And uh, and so there's issues around that. There's issues around drugs and alcohol addictions, and there's issues around anger management. You know, you hear the story of someone like Diane Claveau, you know, she's educated, she's got, um, you know, training in the military, she did everything by the book of what you're supposed to do in life to succeed, and yet now she lives parking lot to parking lot in Ottawa. It's disgraceful. It is disgraceful, and um, we as a country need to pull together and really prioritize and line things up so that we can be in a better position to help people like Diane when we find them. It's, it's horrendous to see her there, and even more horrendous to know how little and unprepared we are to help her. How is, is there some kind of disconnect happening? Because 
I do think Canadians are outraged. I do think Canadians care about veterans. And I know, you know, it's it's kind of a, uh, a never-ending headline of how we fail them. You know, they've got PTSD, they can't get services, they feel failed by multiple governments. And yet there seems to be a disconnect between the reality of what is happening. And 5,000 may not seem like a big number, but it, there shouldn't be any number of these vets living in their car or on the street. Yeah. Agreed. There shouldn't be any, and um, there is a disconnect. I have yet to meet somebody who isn't outraged by it, and that includes politicians. Most politicians I sit down and talk to are really upset when they find out that there are homeless vets. Mm -hmm. At first, I've I've had politicians respond to me with absolute disbelief, but the reality is that we hadn't known they were there, we didn't prepare for them, and we didn't until very recently have any tools to even begin to address it. And even now, as the federal government is scrambling to try and create these tools, mm-hmm. there's a, a lack of understanding at different levels as you go down in how to respond and how to treat. Right. And and yet we had this liberal motion passed on Wednesday. It had um, party support on all sides asking the liberal government to create this rent subsidy um, that would be kind of mirrored on the U.S. model where it, it, it has really helped cut homelessness in half. But again... It's another motion on top of another study, on top of every other funding announcement that that these vets have seen. It's just, we see a lot of talk. We just don't see the action. Exactly. And the reality of it all is that we have to go out and meet them where they are. Offering them a rent supplement that they have to spend several hours filling out paperwork that they don't understand to a computer that they don't have access to isn't overall in and of itself that helpful. We need to have the people that go into the shelters that meet them, that that help them fill out those forms, that once they're in the housing, that give them the support, that make sure that they don't get put in the housing and then abandoned. You have to remember that this population has a much more communal approach to life, and if and if we abandon them once we put them in their, their housing, we haven't done them any. Right. And I think it, it, people struggle because they assume that um, if a vet's not wounded, whether they're not missing a limb or, or you can't see those scars up front and, and center, um, like in Diane's case, you know, she suffers uh, leg pain that you would never see. I think there's a disconnect that if you can't see the injury, people don't necessarily recognize that that is someone who served. That's right. And recognizing that someone who served is um, entitled to all the, the support that they need, but also entitled to the basic kind of support that other Canadians have. My experience as I get to know this population more is that they tend to be, they have this approach that they need to be tough, that they need to be strong, Mm -hmm. that they need to not admit that they're injured when they're injured. And we have to kind of break down those um, ideologies around uh, veterans and see them as other Canadians. If a regular Canadian civilian came to you and said, oh, I have leg pain, we wouldn't have any issue helping them. Yet when it comes to a veteran, we seem to have this approach that they're tough, they're trained, they're physically strong, they'll be fine. Right. Uh, But the Prime Minister himself, in addressing a veteran just last year, basically said, you ask too much. Um, And and what I think frustrates a lot of Canadians, we just had a $1.4 billion funding announcement for women's health 
in other countries. And I think to myself, we have all this need here. We've got women uh, like Diane living in a car. Should we not be taking care of our own first? Is it fair to call this a crisis? I think it's fair to call it a crisis, absolutely. And the government needs to be backing up um, their words with dollars, but not just with dollars. They need to be backing it up with accessible dollars and accessible programs. For uh, our veterans, I don't, I don't necessarily agree that one has to do with the foreign foreign programs and the internal programs. I don't really see that one relates to another. Mm-hmm. It's always easy to kind of say, take care of our own and and, uh, and and not pay attention to our responsibility in the world. You have to remember that the reason why these veterans are injured in the first place is that we have a belief that we should be helping other countries and helping other countries, and they've injured themselves. For that, and I don't think we would be doing them any service to um, ignore where they where they put their hearts and souls in their lives. And and of course, in in your organization, the Multi Faith Housing Initiative, this is not just um, some government nonprofit group. This is actually a, a a initiative to get veterans off the street. Tell me a little bit about the pilot project. Yeah, so we're starting construction this summer, and it's 40 units of supportive housing. It's on the former Rockcliffe Air Base in Ottawa, and um, we are going to go out. We're going to find them on the streets. We're going to bring them in, and we're going to wrap them with support. We have a lot of partnerships and relationships on this project. Uh, The Royal Canadian Legion, uh, Veterans Affairs Canada, uh, Soldiers Helping Soldiers, and um, and Ottawa Styles doing mental health support. And once we get them into that building, we're going to give them... uh, Everything that they need to be successful is to build them back up to the kind of person that they once were. Yeah, because a lot of them, I think, uh, you know, as you hear Diane, she feels like she's dying. She feels like she's no one has seen her. Um, and who knows what will end up happening to her. It will probably only be because of the media attention. She may get some help, but there's so many others like her. That's right. We need to focus on the whole. Yeah. When we first started this project, we were only going to build 16 units. 40 units was not what we had in our head. Mm-hmm. It was when the numbers kept coming back more and more and more, and we realized 16 units was just insufficient, that we needed to go as big as we could responsibly go in one build. Well, it's a shame that we've gotten here, but I'm glad at least her headline's getting out and her story's being told and there are people fighting for them. Suzanne, thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. That is Suzanne Lee, the executive director over at uh, Multi Faith Housing Initiative. This is Global News Radio.